I think I was in my kitchen. I was making myself a tea. And then I don't know what happened, but the, the cup ended up on the floor, tea all over the place. And normally in this situation, I would have overreacted, got angry at myself, angry at the tea for whatever reason. <laughs> the rest of my day would have been ruined. But instead, what happened, there was like a split second where I had the thought like, oh, is, is this really like a big deal to like get upset about? I said to myself, no. And then I was like, oh my God, what was that? <laughs> what was that little conversation with myself? Like I've never had that before. And then I realized that was the meditation. Welcome back to Blissfully Bloom, a podcast created to empower women to love themselves unconditionally, transform their mindsets, and discover their own inner bliss. In today's episode, I'm super excited to welcome a guest on the show. Her name is Sasha Tarasova. Today's episode is not just focused on one topic. There are a few we're going to dive into. We'll speak first about overcoming depression, how to really heal yourself and get yourself out of the dark and see the light out of the end of the tunnel. We'll also talk about how to heal from toxic relationships. And if you have the tendency to attract people in your life that are not for you for your highest good and actually do more harm than good, how to let go of that pattern, how to break it, and how to move on from it so that you attract people in your life who are there for you, who support you 100% all the way through. And we'll also dive into spiritual awakenings. What is a spiritual awakening? How can we remove blocks that might prevent us from having spiritual awakenings? Are there stages of spiritual awakenings or do they just kind of happen slowly and over time? And both Sasha and I share our experience around this topic. Now, just a little trigger warning. Sasha and I do talk about suicide, particularly in the overcoming depression section. So just keep that in mind whenever you are listening to the episode. Now, you might be thinking, who is Sasha? Well, she is a transformational coach, NLP practitioner, energy healer, and a mental health advocate. She overcame a dark depression without therapy or antidepressants. Her tools were personal and spiritual development. She is now on a mission to share her story to inspire others to begin their self-healing journey, to guide people through their transformation, and to help raise the collective consciousness. I want to thank Sasha for coming on the show. I really enjoyed hearing about her story and learning more about depression, toxic relationships, and spiritual awakenings. I think this episode is really deep and rich in practical self-healing tools that you can use right after the episode. So before we dive in, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Blissfully Bloom. I have a guest here today, and her name is Sasha Tarasova. Welcome, Sasha. Hi, Victoria. Thank you for having me. 
So my first question I ask all of my guests is, what is one powerful lesson you have learned that has changed your life? Okay, we start with the deepest question. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one, what is the most powerful lesson I would say is to listen to yourself and trust yourself. Definitely. Mm, yes. Can you expand on what you mean by listening to yourself? What I mean by that is, first of all, figuring out and discovering yourself, who you are, what you truly want. And that sometimes involves quite a bit of healing and deconditioning and getting rid of those layers of stuff that we were made believe by other people, right? So usually that would be like step one, getting rid of what's not yours in order to be able to figure out what is yours and then learning to trust that and learning to really take care of that. I'm getting a sense of coming back to your authentic truth and really rediscovering your own voice. Today, we're talking about a range of topics. So the first question I have is, how can someone overcome depression? I would say, so for me, I have struggled with depression for years in the past. And in the beginning, I didn't even know that it was a depression because it was what's called a high-functioning depression. So that's where you have mild symptoms, but you're still functioning. You're, everything is still going okay in your life. Mm -hmm. So first, I would probably recommend to get familiar with what the symptoms are and what it is like so that you can identify and, you know, catch it at early stages if possible, because it's going to be much harder later on to get out of it. Mm -hmm. But for those who are struggling and for those who are in the, in the, in the worst forms of depression, which I've been to. I actually reached a level where I wanted to end my life because I thought it was just hopeless and miserable. And again, the step one would be healing and getting back to who you truly are. Because from what I found in my personal experience with depression, what it felt for me was that I just created this persona that I was pretending to be for the world to see, but I was completely disconnected from my true self. I was not myself at all. I felt like an empty shell, just walking around and pretending to be someone I'm not, but for years. <laughs> and that was, that was not a nice experience at all. So I would recommend to start doing whatever it is that feels right for you to get back to who you are and reconnect with who you are. Because the moment you start getting back to your true self, everything will be revealed to you, you know. You will start getting all the hints and all the messages. You will, you will start knowing, like, what to heal. The stuff will come up for you, right? And then just basically healing everything that comes up. It's not like an easy, just few days process. It might take time. It took me years. <laughs> Just keep going, keep going, have patience with yourself. And if you can, because I know when you're depressed, you don't feel like it, start taking care of yourself as much as you know you can. Yeah, eventually as you heal all the all the negative, all the stuff that is not yours, that is not you, eventually you will get to a point where you start recognizing yourself. And from there on, things will start getting only better and better and better. I really like how you said discovering who you truly are because 
when you are in that state of depression, it can almost feel like, oh, this is who I am. And we almost identify ourselves with our depression. And, and we weren't born to be sad. We weren't born to live our lives in mm. a depressive state, right? We were born to live out our purpose, feel fulfilled, live a meaningful life, and really come back to that, to that truth that we are love and light. I guess inspiring others to to shine their love and light as well. Yeah, that's beautifully said, and I agree with that definitely. I think our I wouldn't say neutral, our normal state, let's say, is a state of joy, peace, and abundance, right? And it's all the trauma, all the conditioning, all the limiting beliefs, all the negative emotions that we store in our nervous system that are lowering our vibration down all the way to the depression and depression is like almost at the bottom of the emotional scale. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Depression and guilt and sadness, they're like all the way at the bottom and one level below depression is zero, which is basically death, no emotion. It's quite a scary place to be in. And if you stay there for too long, unfortunately, a lot of people take the, you know, the sad decision to not, even fight, not even continue forward. I was at that point too. Thankfully, I did not make that stupid decision. But yeah, when you're in that place, you kind of don't see hope and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. It's like darkness, mm -hmm. really blinding yourself from seeing any other option. And yeah. I guess when you do start up covering your truth, the darkness and that really dark color starts to become lighter and lighter and you start to really see other other possibilities than just being stuck in your depressed state. What would you recommend to someone who is in a state of depression but doesn't really want to take medication and wants to find a more holistic approach to healing? I would never recommend medication to begin with because I had I didn't have any and I tried traditional therapy and it didn't really work for me. I basically healed myself and it's absolutely possible to do that. You just need to be really, really persistent and patient with yourself. And I started with simply meditating three minutes per day. And I used to be the person that said, oh, meditation doesn't work on me. It's bullshit. <laughs> um, so it, I downloaded this app, Headspace, I think, and I said, okay, I'm just going to do this for 30 days, for three minutes per day, and that's it. If it doesn't work, I will never do it again, you know? <laughs> so I started doing it. I felt super stupid. But then on, on like week three, something happened. I think I was in my kitchen. I was making myself a tea, and then I don't know what happened, but the, the cup ended up on the floor, tea all over the place. And normally in this situation, I would have overreacted, got angry at myself, angry at the tea for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of my day would have been ruined. But instead, what happened, there was like a split second where I had the thought like, oh, is, is this really like a big deal to like get upset about? I said to myself, no. And then I was like, oh my God, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that little conversation with myself like I've never had that before and then I realized that was the meditation showing its results that I was able to catch my thoughts and instead of overreacting be like hmm maybe I don't need to overreact over here 
And from then on, I was hooked. <laughs> from then on, meditation is now one of my favorite things to do. And the second thing that I started doing pretty much at the same time was journaling. And by journaling, I mean just taking whatever is in your head and putting it on paper, just getting it out of you, getting out of the system. And what that does, first of all, it gets it out of your head. So you don't have to carry it in your head. It's now out, which feels great. And second of all, which is even more important, is you get different perspective on what's happening in your head. And sometimes that alone is enough to get an insight to get a breakthrough and to heal something. Journaling is super powerful and super underrated. That's how I started. And that's what I tell to basically anyone who is not feeling well, mentally or emotionally. I tell them meditation and journaling. I'm sure you can allocate like 15, 20 minutes per day to that. Even if you don't want to like work out, you don't want to do anything else, at least do that. Yeah, that is such a great example. And thank you for sharing those two tools. There's almost no words to describe them until you actually experience it for yourself. But as you were saying with the letting go of that reactivity state, it really does allow you to slow down and, and take a second to pause. Because when you practice that slowing down and stillness of the mind at first, eventually over time, that kind of flooded out into your whole day and you were able to really practice that that stillness and having that conversation with yourself and being more self-aware which is really really yeah. powerful do you have any journaling prompts you go with or do you just kind of go with the flow or whatever you need to let let go of mm -hmm. depends really on the day i remember in the beginning what I would do is I would open up a page and just start writing, okay, today this happened and I felt whatever horrible emotion and whatever was in my head, I would just write everything down. So that's how kind of how I started. And then eventually I realized how powerful this is. And then I would start, like before I would journal, I would ask myself a question. So for example, if something is going on and I feel a certain way, instead of just, just writing about it, I would say, okay, why do I feel this way? What is triggering this? You know? And then go deeper and deeper and deeper and find the trigger. Yeah. So like it's a combination of both. You know, It depends on the situation, really. And I think another a third thing I would add to this list is being in nature as much as possible. Because mm -hmm. that is, nature is the best healer, always. Yes. Whenever I go on my hikes here in Colorado Springs, it really is just, just so nourishing for my soul. I just feel so nourished and rejuvenated and more aligned with my true nature, being in nature. It's kind of like a little symbol in and of itself, coming back to your true nature, being in nature. But so where do you believe this elevated rise in depression is coming from? First of all, the statistics we have on depression, I believe, are not showing the full picture because mm -hmm. not everybody goes and gets diagnosed, right? I was never diagnosed with that professionally. Yeah. But just like from everything I read about depression, it was definitely that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how many people out there who are not diagnosed with it and live with it, right? So I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure the real statistic is much higher than what it is. 
And right now it's showing something like some crazy number, like almost half the population in America. I don't even know about the rest of the world because we don't have statistics for that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, at least based on my own experience, I'm pretty sure that the rise is because, well, first of all, back in the day, you know, we didn't really have doctors who would diagnose people with depression. So we don't know how the numbers were in the past. But more and more people I find are becoming more and more encaged, I would say, because depression is sort of this mental and emotional cage, this Mm -hmm. mental construct that we create for ourselves of these different obligations and trying to be someone you're not. And the society keeps on telling you what you should be doing, how you should be looking, what you should be saying and eating. And it just does not align with who you are so it's like this basically this massive misalignment of people with their true selves and it shows up in different illnesses and one of them is depression mm-hmm. yeah it sounds to me like a big disconnection yeah and i feel like technology isn't really helping that too much just literally blocking yourself from the physical world it's like a symbol in itself putting something in front of your eyes and being exposed to everyone else's voice and it has a big influence and i feel like it's something that we may not realize how big of an impact it has in our lives if you are exposing yourself to social media on a daily basis. So, and mm-hmm. I feel the effects. Yesterday, I don't know if you know who Addison Ray is on TikTok. She's like a really big TikToker, went to my old college I went to and became really, really famous on TikTok. And I don't know what came over me. I just stalked her page. And after looking at her page for five minutes, I had to stop myself because I felt my vibration literally go down and down and down as I was on the page for a long amount of time. That's interesting. Why do you think that was happening? I don't know. I think maybe comparison or feeling of lack began to settle in. Comparison is a big one with social media. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Technology is like a huge debate because on one hand, it brings so many amazing benefits and like you and I recording this right now without technology, this would not be possible. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, it comes with a lot of hidden, scary side effects that nobody's talking about as well, what you mentioned. Comparison, because nobody's posting their bad days. Everybody's only posting the good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sometimes do those digital detox days where I basically don't touch any screens, no laptop, no phone, none of that for like 24 hours at least. And Mm -hmm. you feel the effect so much. (laughs) Like on those days, I feel like time just stops and it's like the longest day of the year because suddenly I have so much time available to me and I don't don't know what to do with it myself (laughs) if you haven't done that i definitely recommend trying it and you will see the huge impact that technology has on us Mm, maybe even bringing you closer to your authentic self as well because there's no outside factors coming in and flooding your mind 
Moving on to toxic relationships. If someone has created a pattern of seeking toxic people in their lives, how can they begin to let this go? So if someone is attracting toxic people, the key word here is attracting. <laughs> so the toxic mm. people don't show up for no reason. They're being attracted because something somewhere in your energy is saying, I am looking for a way to be either hurt or or whatever it is that keeps going on. Any toxic pat pattern that repeats itself is showing that there's something in your unconscious mind, in your subconscious, that keeps attracting that. And it could be a past trauma. It could be like a strong emotion. It could be, again, a limiting belief that very often the case here is a belief that I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy. So we keep attracting assholes that treat us that way, you know? <laughs> so how, how do we get out of it? I mean, my answer to pretty much any problem is, first of all, awareness. Awareness, awareness. So becoming aware and digging and figuring out what is actually going on here. Usually that would involve going deeper and trying to dig into your subconscious and see what's happening there. All our behavior stems from our thoughts and feelings. And all of our thoughts come from our beliefs. And most of our beliefs are unconscious. <laughs> we don't even know what those are until we start digging. So first step would be awareness always for anything. And then once we figure out what is the root cause, what is causing this attraction and this behavior, then we just heal that and release that. And you'll be surprised that by working with the unconscious mind, just removing one emotion or one belief can cause like such a ripple effect in your life that it, it's just, it's, I don't know how to even start to describe it, but a lot of people try to make changes on a conscious level, but the conscious mind is only 5% of our overall, you know, mind operations. 95% is unconscious. So when you're trying to consciously not text somebody or consciously to whatever, lose weight and not eat bad food, mm -hmm. you, you might succeed for like a short period, but it's going to be very difficult because you're going to need a lot of energy because you're fighting against the unconscious, which is so much more powerful. But when you make changes on an unconscious level, you don't need to do anything anymore. The changes, like they will, they will be automatic. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how can we begin to become aware of the unconscious if if it is not in that that space of what we're already aware of how do we make the conscious the unconscious conscious yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah well again it's tools like meditation and journaling and Maybe talking to uh, someone who can help you with that, whether a coach like me or maybe a therapist or some other facilitator who can help and identify the blind spots because it's much easier for us to see stuff in other people and it's much harder to see our own. Mm -hmm. this, this is where if you can't afford to hire someone, then journaling is my go-to tool for everything. <laughs> Definitely. Mm -hmm. writing, writing down your, your thoughts turns on sort of this conversation with the unconscious mind. So when you start asking questions while journaling and the answers will come. 
yeah. just asking like why is this happening where is this coming from why am i getting triggered what is this emotion teaching me things like that okay well thank you for sharing that and how can we begin to heal the inner wounds that may have been created from being around toxic relationships and people who may have brought us down so healing from these wounds i presume that this will be step two after we have identified those wounds and you will be i don't know maybe you'll be surprised maybe not but most of the times these wounds come from childhood and not from the actual relationships wow wow yeah so if you're not being loved unconditionally as children then it's going to be hard we don't know what unconditional love is right so we learn that we need to behave a certain way in order to receive love or we learn that we're not good enough we have to somehow prove ourselves in order to receive love like there's so much stuff that comes from the childhood and once you identify that then the fastest easiest quickest process that i can recommend is again working with the unconscious mind and maybe working with a healer maybe working with me maybe working with someone else who knows how to guide you and how to get the stuff out in my experience this is the fastest way to do that of course you can also do it on your own you can do it through meditation you can do it through forgiveness you can do honoponopono meditation and things like that maybe some energy healing They're like there's so many tools out there there's EFT emotional freedom tapping as well that it works amazingly as well yeah well that's a long list of healing <laughs> tools so thank you for providing us with that you just need to have the desire and you know the commitment to do it mm. yeah those two are important if you're feeling unsure unready maybe that lack of inspiration to go seek out healing i mean you mm -hmm. are the only person that can go ahead and try out these self-healing tools so yeah. it really yeah. is all up to you to decide that and make exactly. that decision for yourself yes yes exactly like you're the only person who can help you in the end of the day because it's your decision to do the work or to not do the work mm-hmm Yeah. And then even if you go seek out a therapist or a coach, they're not going to be there holding your hands as you walk through the rest of your week. It has to be up to you to continue to do the practices that they provide, that they share so mm -hmm. that, you know, you're really feeling yeah. the effects instead of just practicing during those coaching sessions for an hour or the therapy sessions for an hour, you know, really go and embody mm -hmm. that throughout the rest of your month and yeah. week. And funny enough, I noticed something that majority of people learn through pain. Mm. So a lot of people will not do the healing until they like get to the really, really rock bottom where it really hurts. And only then they're like, okay, now I want to, this was my case as well, right? Like I had to reach like the lowest of the lowest mm -hmm. until I said, okay, I need to do something about this. Yeah. So yeah. If you're someone who is suffering and struggling, but considering like yeah i don't want to do this, this this work consider this if you don't do the work now how are you going to feel in the future like one year from now because you might save yourself a lot of time and suffering by starting to do this work earlier mm -hmm. 
I recommend anybody, if you start feeling any symptoms of depression or like feeling unhappy, unsatisfied, not feeling good, unmotivated, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness and hurt, start, you can start already now. Those are enough symptoms to start. It will probably be much easier and much less painful to, to get through. Yeah, because if you don't look at those emotions right then and there, then all the other times that you feel sad and you haven't looked into it or haven't gone inward to look within yourself to to discover why you may be feeling that way, it's just going to be stacked on top of each other. And then there's going to be a whole building almost to look look into instead of a little brick. Yeah, it's going to stack on top of each other until it explodes and and gets really bad. So be Mm -hmm. careful with that. (laughs) So now I'm super excited to get into this topic. What is a spiritual awakening? And can you share a bit about your own experience if you've gone through this, maybe in the past, maybe recently? A spiritual awakening, I would say, is part of this process of coming back to yourself right and realizing that you're not just this body walking on this earth you're much more than that right and then from there on it depends like what resonates with you what doesn't resonate with you because there's so many different theories out there of (laughs) what spirituality is and who we actually are In my case, I believe that there is a higher power, whether you want to call it God or universe or the creator or source, whatever word works best for you, that thing out there and that we are a part of it. And basically we are made of it, which makes all of us it. (laughs) Yeah. And we're just, you know, having this, human experience in this in this lifetime but we are basically part of it the 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 grand magic it (laughs) yes yeah how it was for me i think yeah i believe that depression was the catalyst that was basically my dark night of the soul it wasn't like one day oh my god the awakening eckhart toll case for me it was like years long like slow progression and awakening yeah and eventually i just yeah, I just started ident- not identifying, but I started resonating with people who were talking about spiritual awakening and spirituality in general. I used to think they were like, oh, these crazy hippies. And now I'm like, okay, I guess I'm one of these crazy hippies now. <laughs> it's interesting how as you work on yourself and you develop yourself, your perception changes so much. And you mentioned the word or phrase dark night of the soul what do you mean by that for me that was the period where i didn't know who i was right so that was the worst part of my depression basically where i started doing the process i started working on myself and then so much crap started coming up and i was like oh my god i hate this i don't like this what do i do with all of this I started realizing I complain all the time and I'm actually like totally in a victim mode and I'm rude and whatever. And like all these things, Jesus Christ, no, I don't like this. <laughs> so I was kind of in this transition period between being this uh, someone else and then starting the process. And then this transition period where you still don't know who you are. You, you know, you're not that, 
but you still don't know who you are. You're still getting to that. So for me, this was the transition period of removing the what's not mine, removing all this yucky stuff, and then eventually me <laughs> appeared from under all of that. <laughs> so I guess when people think of spiritual awakening, there's this idea that, oh, it's all sunshine and rainbows and there's no... Oh gosh, no, it's the opposite of that. <laughs> How is it for you? So for me, it's the first time that I had a spiritual awakening, it was when I was going through my student teaching experience and being all day having a service mindset. And then that's when I kind of realized, oh... Maybe it's not all about me <laughs> because oh. beforehand I was walking around like a me, me, me mindset. And then I've expanded into we, 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 but currently I'm going through one, a lot of like different emotions popping up and just sometimes feeling disconnected from myself. It's almost like a rediscovering again, mm -hmm. because I feel like I've learned so much that was like start of COVID whenever I had my first one, the reoccurring process. Like you're going to have, oh, a, yeah. <laughs> there's layers and layers in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So would you say that there are stages to a spiritual awakening? I wouldn't say that because I, as I was reading and watching videos, asking other people about it, everybody experiences in a different way. So, I mean, it's pretty common to have what I had, which something terrible happens. In my case, it was this depression thing. And that forces you to look at yourself and your life. Then you have this period of void and I don't know who I am, like this ego death or whatever you want to call it. And then the butterflies and the rainbows start after that. <laughs> there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That's, that's the most common pattern, I guess. But I, I know people who didn't have to go through this terrible stuff. They just like slowly transitioned into, oh, actually, I'm spiritual. And I'm not just this body and in this 3D world. There's much more to it. <laughs> Even just exposing myself to different spiritual books has really helped expand my mind. And then when you start to open yourself up to the idea that there is this huge support going on in the background and mm -hmm. you know, the universe wants to see you step into your, your purpose and your light here on earth, that's when you start noticing just different things like angel numbers start appearing, synchronicities start appearing and you, you just feel a bit more guided throughout it. Even when you're going through yeah. that, yeah. maybe it is a little bit on the darker end. <laughs> yeah, when you're in the darker part of the process, I remember it was so hard for me to believe all these people who are talking about, oh, when you're in alignment, everything is easy, everything just flows and everything works out for me in the best way. And I'm like, that's just no. That's not how it works. You know? <laughs> now I'm like bright side of the of this. And now that I'm in alignment, I'm like, yeah, man, I just need to think about it. And sometimes it manifests within a day or two. And I'm like, what? How is this possible? Yes. <laughs> so would you say that is there anything that may be blocking someone from growing spiritually? 
Well, I mean, first of all, I guess resistance to it. Yeah, and lack of awareness. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people who are like extremely religious, they're not necessarily spiritual. They just believe whatever it is that they're being told since they're little children. And a lot of the religious stuff out there is pretty harmful, to be honest. And there's a lot of limiting beliefs. There's a lot of guilt and shame in there and mind control. And yeah, so I feel that a lot of people, they think they're spiritual, but they're just religious. They're not. So because they're not aware, they have never came across this different perspective. Uh, then I guess they're not really connected to themselves and the source properly. Because if you're going to church and constantly being told that, oh, you're a sinner, and then no matter what you do, you're a sinner. And like, that's not, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not nice. How are you supposed yeah. to feel happy, joyful and aligned when you're constantly being told that you're not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up in a Catholic household and basically forced to go to church every Sunday and then and went to a Catholic high school, all girls high school, and they really shoved religion down our throats. Mm-hmm. And pretty much experiencing that, I was like letting go the idea of religion. And I wouldn't even call myself a spiritual person at that point. No, I'm just mm-hmm. taking a break for now. I'm going to do my own thing when I went to college. Towards the end of college is when I started seeing myself as more spiritual and I didn't really feel aligned to a religion. Are you aligned to a religion now? I wouldn't say so. I would just say I'm a spiritual person. Yeah. Which in itself is, I would say, like a form of religion, I guess, because we still believe in God. It's just we have a different, different perception and different worldview about it, right? Yeah, it's interesting how these religious cults are basically either forcing people into very often destruct, destructful like a perception of the world. And, and for some people, they basically completely kill their their vibe and people end up atheist and not believing in anything. <laughs> yeah. So where can listeners connect with you, Sasha? You can find me on my Instagram which is at conscious underscore sapiens. That's that's my unofficial brand, <laughs> conscious sapiens. And I also have a Facebook page, which is not I'm not super active there yet. And there I'm under Sasha Gummy. And yeah, long story, Gummy comes from my teenage years. Yeah, I think the easiest is through Instagram. And I also have a page that talks about my my coaching program but the easiest would be through instagram yeah okay great and i know you sent me your whole list of links and then also that free gift that you offered my listeners i think it was a self-love journal okay yes okay i wanted to share that self-love journal it's basically pdf of like 30 pages or something it's pretty long so don't get overwhelmed with it if you do download it maybe go in like bits and pieces but it's basically journaling prompts for you and like some exercises to get to know yourself better i feel that this would be a good first step if if you haven't started your healing journey or if you're like in the beginning stages this would be a really good first step to start getting to know yourself better And if you're already far along in your healing journey, I feel that it still could be a useful tool 
to like get more clarity on like where you're at and where you're going. So please go ahead and download it and yeah, take it in little bits because it's I've, I've received comments that it's quite a long journal. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And that is very generous of you to provide that to my listeners. And my last question is a signature question. What does it mean to blissfully bloom? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love that. Blissfully bloom. I would say it means to be in alignment and not just in alignment like spiritually, but also with work. Because I believe what you do for a living or for a hobby, whatever it is, is so important to, first of all, alignment and that bliss and to having joy in life. Because for me, before I started this business, I never really had a fulfilling job. That was one of the reasons why I started this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would never be able to get into alignment fully just because of I would constantly get either annoyed at work or bored or like get yelled at or whatever it would constantly throw me off my alignment seat i don't know how to say it <laughs> so yeah finding work that really inspires you and even, even if it's challenging that's a good thing but it needs to be giving you joy and in an inspiration and not just making you feel miserable and looking towards weekends to get out of it you know Mm, yeah. So yeah, working with joy and being in alignment and loving yourself in order to bloom for a flower, it needs water, it needs sun, it needs nutrients. So giving yourself these sun, water, nutrients, mm-hmm. <laughs> love and joy, yes. and then you bloom. The environment, right? Because it's important mm-hmm. what kind of soil the flower is in. Yeah. It's in the right soil, it will bloom really well yes yeah, so surround yourself with all things nourishment all things <laughs> and all people be with people who love you and support you as much as you can yes yes that's important as well too well mm-hmm. i love your description of that word and i think it is just so important making sure that we are in alignment and feeling that joy, feeling that love and abundance around us. So thank you for sharing. And also thank you so much for coming on the show. I had such a blast today speaking with you about these topics and I'm honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing this work because I think it's very important, especially for people who may not be in the you know, high vibes yet. I think it's good for them to hear how other people are increasing their vibration and how they're doing it so that they know that it's absolutely possible for anyone to heal anything. Well, thank you, Sasha. Thank you. Wow. What an incredible episode. I think Sasha is such a wise soul and I can just tell that she really genuinely cares about inspiring others and really inspiring others to see their self-healing abilities. And I love how she felt the call to be vulnerable in this episode. It's really inspiring to know that she was able to overcome 
a really, really dark place and step into the light. And I know that Sasha gave a lot of valuable tools in this episode, so try one out. See what works, see what doesn't work, and take what resonates with you. And yeah, so my one key takeaway is when Sasha shares her story about the tea, when she dropped the teacup and it spills all over the place, normally her reaction would be completely different. But she started noticing that she had that conversation, that dialogue in her mind that normally wouldn't occur. And that really took her aback because that wasn't something that she was used to. But what was going on was her awareness. She really began to step into that space where she is fully aware of what is going on and even her thoughts. I think that is so powerful when you can be in that moment, be in that uncomfortable situation, whether whatever it might be, spilling tea or about to start a fight with your partner, submitting an assignment late, and being in the moment, recognize what comes up for you, right? Maybe those feelings that arise and really tune into what is going on in your mind. You have the power to actually have a conversation with yourself. Kind of be that coach. Coach yourself through the situation. What do you need to hear? What is this teaching you about you? How can you deepen your relationship with yourself right here, right now? And just recently, I found myself in an argument with Cooper, my boyfriend, and beforehand I would kind of I would tend to dissociate and allow my feelings to take over but I actually began to witness myself in the situation and be that observer and actually start to question okay what is coming up for me right now what or why do I feel the need to start an argument what is this argument really about and what is the best choice to go about this? What decision can I make that will help our relationship even better, that will allow this argument to to fade away, and for us to communicate in a way that actually helps our relationship grow? So it's very powerful when you begin to develop that self-awareness and it really just takes practice. It takes being mindful in certain situations that you wouldn't necessarily be mindful in and you'll discover a lot about yourself in the self-discovery journey. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, I would love for you to share your key takeaway. So make sure to screenshot the episode and tag me on your Instagram stories at blissfully.bloom. And I might even share your key takeaway. So go ahead and do that. And if you haven't already, make sure to leave a review and rate the podcast to help it grow. I really appreciate that. And yeah, I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye.